welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I think I am ready for some football. And why did you say that? Finally, of a long off-season and now we've done our draft and done you know other drafts for other leads. It's okay. Off season is done. Let's mm-hmm. see some real mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Let's have some real results. Mm-hmm. Let's get into this, right? Yeah, it feels like the off season has been longer than usual. Uh, I'm not sure why that is, but I have been, and, and maybe it's because of the you know the week delay here. Uh, it feels like we've just taken longer to get back into football, and I'm really excited. And when I say football, I, you, of course, I mean fantasy football. Who cares? Right. About, who cares about the NFL? I mean, really, <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the NFL exists to serve right. our, our fantasy football interests. That, that's correct. <laughs> well, and interests we have. Uh, I am very, very excited. We've got a lot to get to today. Today is the draft grade episode and recap. And uh, as we say every year, it's the highlight of the, I guess, this side of the season. And uh, the fans demand it. So uh, let's dive in. Pete, 2021, we drafted uh, mostly in the same, under the same roof, which was a big deal. It's something we've always wanted to do. We've drafted together before. There's been half of us. There's been maybe the majority of us. But we've never made a full weekend out of it where we got the whole experience in that we had dreamed about. Tell me about your perspective. Did you enjoy our setup? What would you do differently? What would you think? We've talked about it for a long time. And so I think expectations were very high for the weekend, but uh, there was no disappointment whatsoever. It was uh, an incredible weekend. Lots of good food, played some poker, played some golf, did a draft together. I mean, your parents were wonderful hosts. Uh, You were a great host. And uh, the the place was really a perfect setup. I mean, it was it was like you know the the, the way the uh, the kitchen countertop was set up um, <laughs> yeah. uh, as as a bar top, uh, you know, trying to go on all around. It was it was like being in a sports bar, but but better because you know not, it was quieter and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't have didn't have random passerby coming by and, yeah. Offering their advice, yeah, yeah. So it was really a perfect setup. So it was fantastic. Well, I'm grateful to my parents. I'm grateful for their space. Uh, their Wi-Fi held. That was a big, big deal. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, especially with so many machines uh, logged in on access points, so that worked out really well. Uh, I think everybody, for the most part, I know that uh, one person did not sleep well, but I think for the most part, we were we were comfortable. The AC held for for the most part too, and. Uh, I uh, am grateful for their space and uh, the fact that we got to make a weekend out of it. The fact that guys really wanted to be there and that uh, as evidenced by not only the fact that we drafted well, but we stuck around and debriefed it. And uh, that was a blast. Uh, We've never done that before. I kind of wish I had a microphone rolling and we could go back and listen to quotes uh, from that for the podcast episode. That'll be upgrade 2022, of course. Yeah, that, that, that probably could have been a podcast episode itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting to sit around and chat. Yeah, because normally, you know, when we're in our our different residences or, or whatever and we're drafting, and um, even when you don't dedicate the weekend to it, it 
it has to transition pretty quickly to okay, I just did this draft for three hours. I kind of need to get back to yeah to reality. Realize. Yeah, the, the yeah. eye rolling woman in the other room who has expectations yeah, exactly. for me to be a father that, and a husband. Yeah, no, I get it. Right, right, right. But uh, having the dedicated time to say, hey, we're just around. We're going to eat uh, mm-hmm. dinner in a little bit. Um, so let's let's break this down together. Let's talk about what just happened. Um, you sometimes that happens on individual phone calls from right. one lead member to another. Um, but it was great to, to to do that with you know really eight of us there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Everyone didn't talk about their team, what they're doing, what they're thinking, what surprised them, all that sort of stuff. I mean, all the things that we talked about mm-hmm. here, the yeah. two of us, which everyone enjoys listening to the two of us talk about it. I know. Well, I mean, I feel uh, like you know, we get part, to you it, know subject everybody to our bias and and yeah. extremely uh, slanted opinion, but. But all, all the better to get to have you know uh, a, a majority of us there talking about it together. So yeah, okay. yeah that, that that part that was yep. really enjoyable. and it was fun to to not only be together to eat well to golf together. Although uh, you know golf was a little bit wanting, we were a little misled on the quality of the course, at least the, <laughs> the full price. I I still had a great time, and honestly, the quality of the course probably uh, was still better than the quality of my golf game. So I, I really can't judge, but. The uh, the togetherness couldn't be beat. For those yep, of you guys yep. who are listening who weren't there, we really did miss you guys. It was a really fun weekend. We know why you couldn't be there. Uh, no hard feelings whatsoever, but just know that uh, we hope in the future that we can make it all happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think I think the starting point will be: Hey, can we make this bit together on the weekend happen? Um, you know, each year that'll be the starting point for the, the draft process and uh, hopefully we can make it happen. Um, if not, we'll default to you know, whatever we can do, but um, yeah, I think doing something like this each year would, uh, would be an incredible um, event for, for the league. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about um, draft down sleeper. That was another thing. Yeah, that was a big year. deal. I and absolutely loved it. It was, it really was I mean, the word is delightful. It was delightful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The ability- I, I, there were, uh, I think there were only a couple of quirks with the the timer, um, and it should have been the Wi-Fi. It should have been the the timer on, on Sleeper. The, a couple times where, for some guys, I think the the bidding ended at you know two seconds mm-hmm. remaining on on their screen, or, or one or two or three seconds remaining on the screen. So, I think that was the only the only quirk I would say that w- was uh, from a technical uh, point of view. But I think everyone was able to manage it pretty well. Um, and in terms of don't wait until that last section to get your bid in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if, you, if you wanted to, you got a bid on it. I mean, it, it, all it did was remove the power move. That is the last second screw you, you know, bid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it shifted that a couple of seconds up. I hadn't thought about that since then, but you're right. And maybe it's worth submitting some feedback to Sleeper. I'm not sure if it was the Wi-Fi or not. Usually that kind of thing, it makes me think there's like a server timing issue or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just as well could have been the Wi-Fi. I really don't know these things. So, uh, but yes, delightful was the word. I loved that you could uh, have command over the clock. I mean, it's such a simply or a, such a simple feature that uh, I've done a few drafts since then for other uh, managers. Uh, you know, my my services are available for hire, <laughs> and uh, I did a a Yahoo one last night. I did an ESPN one a couple of weeks ago, right after our draft. And it's just like, man, both of which had problems because they had guys getting in late, which means there were auto bidders going off like crazy because a guy was two yeah. minutes late. And that wrecks the draft entirely. 
And then they yep. had technical issues like, man, God, I wish I could pause it. You're like, yes, you, you need the ability to control your draft lobby. Like, it makes no sense to me that these other f- features haven't caught up across these other platforms. So, yes, that was awesome. The, the ability to take a break was awesome. We've never done that yeah. before. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, like, just the ability to pause, get some food, go to the bathroom, grab a drink, like, that alone gave me, like, a little, okay, all right, refresh. Like yeah. I, I need those yep. little moments in the corner to, you know, get get my shoulders rubbed before I get sent back out there. And uh, that was that was great. Uh, really enjoyed that. What did you think about yeah. the actual interface when it came to executing not just the features around the draft, but your actual uh, strategy and uh, draft like method when it comes to managing things like nomination, bidding, your cues, your favorites, that sort of thing, Pete. Yeah, I think just how to get used to it a little bit. Um, you know, doing some mock drafts helps helps with that. Um, but for, I think for the most part, it was, it was very very smooth. Um, you know, it was nice. Guys did their homework, I think, in, mm-hmm. in that regard. No one was, you know, peeing in the chat window like, oh, how do I do this or what do I do here? Blah blah. blah. You know, like that. That's always a, a drain yeah. when you're. I was in a draft last night where guys like, I don't know how to make a pick. I'm, I'm new. Like, how, how do you how do you choose a player? And it's like, okay, come on, you gotta, you gotta be prepared. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta come into this knowing what you're doing. So, um, yeah, I don't think we really had any issues uh, like that. And so, uh, I felt like it all went very smoothly. We could just focus on, focus on the draft, and you know, having the view in sleeper of the entire draft board, seeing everyone's team there. Um, you know, I, I think for a lot of guys that made a big difference oh yeah um, you know, i think i, I think with, with your tool with, with you know what i use we kind of have that view um already yeah. but let's let's even- talk about that i feel like my knees got cut out from under me am i <laughs> like like sure i've got the the math behind the degree of desperation but now you have a, a a visual gui that just you know from the gut can give you a sense of how serious is this guy about this player well yeah. he's got two big gaping holes right over here in his rv <laughs> slots or whatever me thinks he wants them and <laughs> so it's like why are you even work on poker face anymore like i, yeah. I feel like i should be working on on lawsuits instead like I, 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 <laughs> intellectual property has been violated yeah yeah i still have value well, value uh, projections so there's that yeah yeah. Well, from from even from a so if we look at our draft a little more before we get into individual teams, mm-hmm. we talked about kind of a macro view of the market because I think that's the cool thing about the auction draft is the market is always specific to that draft. You yeah. never really know exactly what it's going to to bear out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what what observations did you have about overall behavior and where guys were bidding and spending money um, you know, at different points of the draft. Yeah. I've, I've always, you know, one of the, the needles that I've typically looked at is the, the needle of running back value versus wide receiver value and how that kind of pushes back and forth depending on the year. A lot of times it really is determined in our PPR league. It feels like the running back situation is usually the same. It's usually consistent year to year in terms of the top 10 and their valuations, no matter who's in those positions. But the wide receiver distinctions, those fluctuate. Sometimes you have uh, you know, top three wides, which are of massive value. And this year we had uh, a severe drop-off in that top 10 in terms of valuation and, and uh, ability, which is going to push the needle back towards running back value a little bit. But then you have this weird tight end situation where you've got arguably – 
three, if not that, you know, definitely two tight ends that are receiver quality and are, are receiver value. So that kind of throws that receiver uh, pool up a little bit because you have to look at the top one or, or the top two tight ends as kind of that that middle to high receiver tier. So those are things that I, I feel like affected the economy this year based on who was in those positions. And because of that, what I saw was that the uh, some some big bang running backs still continue to go for an extremely high dollar amount. But once again, our league tends to be extremely cautious when it comes to overspending and when they overspend, they will, but it's not going to be, uh, you're not going to see anybody go bankrupt on accident. And that, that is where I saw, uh, uh, I think less bid enforcement and more conservatism when it came to dollars spent this year. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I have three main takeaways. One was, that dollars were not spent as quickly as I would have expected mm-hmm. on the like top, you know, 15 picks or so, because I think the inflation wasn't factored into um, several players in terms of the inflation that comes from keepers and uh, the the extra dollars in the market because you know, keepers have been taken off the board for right. really low dollar amounts, um, and so I think some of the earlier picks. Uh, were were went for lower than I expected, and then also quarterbacks went for much lower. Yeah. Than um than really I thought they should have, especially like the top six quarterbacks, um because I think there is an additional value to them, especially this year because they can rack up points through the air and with their legs um, on the ground, and I don't think that premium on the guys who can run from a quarterback position was uh really seen with the prices they're going for like Patrick Mahomes went for $20 sandwiched right between Daryl Henderson and like Mike Davis. Um, you know, if you look at it from like a, how, how we rank players based Mm -hmm. on how we spend money on them, you know, Mahomes at like player number 48 or something like that is crazy. His ADP in a state draft is 20. Maybe you see him go around pick 30 or something like that. Um, you know, so he should have gone for, uh, you know, a much yeah. $30, $35, yeah. right. You know, if, if, uh, you're kind of equating snake draft ADP to auction dollars. Right. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, and then I think both of those things, the lack of spending early in the draft, when there was extra money from keepers, the lack of spending on quarterbacks that shifted a lot of dollars towards wide receivers, um, at some point in the draft, I, I don't know exactly when it was, but at some point in the draft, you hit that tier of wide receivers of like Robert Woods down to T. Higgins, you know, sometime in that range. All those guys went for way more than I thought they would have. But I think it wasn't because exactly because everyone loved those wide receivers so much. It, it was reaching that point of, oh, I have dollars that I need to spend and there's not really that many good players left. So I need to get some of these, these good players and um, people were willing to spend for them. So, um, you know, it, it, I think you're right. The running back spend didn't fluctuate a lot, um, but I think we saw a lot more, um, uh, a lot more dollars going to wide receivers this year um, than we have in the past, which 
it shows both that the lead is sharp because that's where um, that, that really that's where the the draft capital should be going to is is to the wide receivers. So um, I think everyone did a good job in in terms of doing the research and be prepared and having a good strategy of I needed some wide receivers. We're in a PPR lead that has yeah. starts three wide receivers and two flexes. You gotta have some depth. You gotta have some wide receivers. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, you said you had three takeaways. I, I picked up two of them there. Was there any more? Uh, yeah. So one was, uh, not spending enough early, early when on. there was yep. extra dollars in the market, yep. not spending on quarterbacks and then extra spend on. Got receivers. it. Now I'm tracking. Yep. Not spending early. That makes sense. And you're right. Uh, I, I think that we have all realized and I can back up your, 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 uh, instinct on that. I think that, uh, what we have learned is that winners in our in our league uh draft well through the end and you have to get your bench players that you want too and the since all of us are doing extremely good research we all have keeper sleepers in mind at, at different various levels whether it's for uh somebody handcuffed this year or maybe it's a keeper for next year that we want to just stack on the the bench for a while until they get the number one spot, or maybe it is a legitimate potential breakout for this year. And being able to pick your bench spots requires that you have probably $2 per slot assigned as opposed to one, because chances are somebody has budgeted better in order to outbid you. And so nominating the players that you want in the last you know, 20, 30 picks, it doesn't, it didn't go well for everyone because everybody was so sharp that it was kind of a, I, I this was the most intense, uh, last 25% of the draft that I've ever been a part of that I can remember. <laughs> and it's like, man, it was intense all the way through the end. And it just felt like we were, uh, you know, in the, in the pit with our fingernails out, just scraping at one another, trying to get exactly who we wanted. And, uh, I just didn't see a lot of bad picks, uh, you know, hindsight, there's been some injuries in the past couple of weeks, uh, in practice and, and otherwise, but, uh, in terms of the day of our draft, man, all the way through. So what do you think? Yeah, about I, that? Think that, I think that, yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a really good point. I think one of the one of the things you want to do in an auction draft is not screw up. You know, basically yeah. just don't don't make that one pick that totally wrecks your draft, uh, where you way overspend or you you know spend in the wrong place or or whatever. And I feel like there weren't a lot of major mistakes yeah. um, made, if 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 any. I can't you know I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Um, but we we can start digging into individual teams and, and uh, let's see if we find any. Yeah, I agree. Okay, right, so um, we'll go in uh, nomination order uh, as we typically do. So that means first up is Chewy. He uh, kept Austin Eckler for twenty six dollars um, after he drafted him for four dollars last year. With the the way we have the keeper prices changing over, uh, year over year, uh, settled on twenty six dollars for Eckler this year. Um, he also took Nick Chubb and Michael Carter as uh, some of his top running backs. And he's got wide receivers of DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, and Corey Davis. He's got Tannehill at quarterback and Johnny Smith at tight end. Um, so uh, first blush thoughts on Chewy's draft. You know, I respect Chewy uh, to the nth degree. And what what is... I would summarize his uh, skill as shrewd. The man just has a depth of instinct. He has a depth of knowledge. I don't know when he actually researches. I have no idea how he <laughs> collects the information that he does, but 
He has always been steady Eddie when it comes to his draft skills. And uh, overall, I think that once again, he delivered a, a high level team as he's just is so good at doing. He's just very consistently controlled in the draft as well. Um, and uh, while I don't think he got the best uh, value out of the players that he got this year, in fact, I, I ranked him 11th out of value. Um, I think that uh, his team overall is once again a strong middle range formidable um, probably towards the upper end and I respect his game I, I really really do he got oh about maybe 16 17 dollars of value out of his keeper this year uh, he did not translate that into any you know considerable all-star all-star maybe he's got Nick Chubb uh, as a, uh, a running back up front, one of his first buys, he's got uh, the uh, he's got Chris Godwin up this year. Robert Dave, uh, Robert Woods, excuse me, Corey Davis, um, I, Devin Singletary. I like this year, but uh, I thought that was a good pickup later on for two. So I, I don't see him really leveraging the value out of his keeper in his draft. But when I look at his team overall, I would call this a really strong middle high tier balanced draft approach. What do you think? I agree. I think you looked at the team and you just say, that's a, that's a solid team. You know, like it, it doesn't move the needle a lot for me, but it's, it's a solid team. I think mm-hmm. the holes, you know, if I room poke holes, the holes are going to be at tight end and at the second flex position, I think it's going to be hard for him, at least at the, at the beginning of the year, I think it's gonna be hard to roll out players in those two positions that are gonna, you know, get you a, a really quality um, or quality score. You know, that's scoring like ten points uh, in the week. Um, I think that'll, that'll be tough from those two positions. So um, I don't think it's a, a really super strong team, um, but uh, I do think it's a very a very solid team. So I'm gonna give Chewy a B minus. I gave Chewy an A. All right. Um, moving on to uh, my team, uh, I uh, kept Darren Waller uh, at tight end for $8. Uh, I took the first overall pick, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, nice. Then I got Julio Jones, Terry McLaurin, uh, Kyle Pitts, second running back of Mike Davis, and then a, a bunch of other uh, wide receivers. Oh, and uh, Dak Prescott at quarterback. Nice. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll flip it over to you instead of just talking about my team. What do you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see here. <laughs> it started off with a head-to-head of Christian McCaffrey, and uh, you and I uh, went tit-for-tat for a little bit on him as I was trying to figure out your line of what you are willing to pay for him, and you were trying to figure out my line. And uh, I... I had a higher line than I actually bid up to because I realized I was like, shoot, I was really hoping to get him for $75 or less. I didn't know how possible that would be. And uh, I was like, I know he's going to be nominated first because people want to milk the cash cow right out of the, of the economy yeah. right off the bat. So I was like, I just don't want to run the rest of my draft cash deficient. Like I, I was like, shoot. Uh, but at the same time, uh, let him go for 78, which is still a little lower than I think he's probably worth this year. So, uh, I tip my hat to you on that one, sir. Well done. 
Well, it didn't it didn't go very well for me last year when we went tit for tat on a on a running back early in the draft. So hopefully this year goes. Was better. that Hilaire? Who was that? I can't remember. Yeah, that was Ceh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got a couple of darling picks in here. Uh, you've got Terry McLaurin, of course. Uh, you've got uh, I like Kyle Pitts this year. Um, you've got a you spent a lot of money on your uh, lower tiers like Curtis Samuel, Justin Fields. Marquise Brown, all good picks. Uh, you were the one who really executed the two to three dollar picks on the bottom end of your draft, and uh, which is is surprising considering you went so uh, heavy on Christian McCaffrey that you were able to be cash conservative through the middle of the draft. Was that a, a very deliberate effort? I would imagine that would just take a lot of discipline, or did you feel like you were being outbid while you were trying to be cash conservative? So I had a you know a framework planned for if I take Christian McCaffrey, here's about how I need to spend my money at mm-hmm. each position. Um, you know, I still wanted to be kind of heavier on wide receivers. Um, I wasn't so concerned about the, the second running back, um, but I just felt like Mike Davis ended up being a, a pretty good buy, and I wasn't sure what would happen with running backs the rest of the way at that point. So yeah. uh, a couple of picks, like I'm not super excited about Julio Jones. I'm not super excited about Mike Davis. I didn't intend to take Kyle Pitts since I was keeping Darren Waller, right. but all, all of those picks happened at the point of the draft where I was like, there's still a lot of money out here. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to get into bidding wars, you know, uh, uh, in the upcoming picks that you like, I could just tell the market was going to shift from guys going from oh, that's a reasonable price, reasonable price to saying like, Oh wow. Why are we paying, you know, $35 for T Higgins or, or, you know, what, whatever it was. Um, I could tell, I, I just had a sense that that shift was coming. So yeah. I got some players that I wasn't super excited about, but I think no one was super excited about them, which is why, um, <laughs> which is why I ended up with them uh, basically for what I thought they were, you know, uh, valued at. Yeah. And so um, taking those guys, um, you know, I, I really wanted Terry McLaurin um, as I've expressed, I really liked him this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's, you know, I think he's a, a, like number five, number six wide receiver this right. year. Um, and so, uh, that basically, uh, it did take discipline, but it it kind of took after taking CMC and having that framework laid out. I wasn't really involved for a lot of the draft in in the middle um, in the you know, middle third or so because um, it was like I can't spend here, I can't spend here, I can't spend here mm-hmm. um, because I did want to have like two dollars per player for most of my bench. Um, be, yeah. because uh, I, I do want to be able to choose which which guys I'm, I'm putting on the bench. I, I I liked a lot of rookie wide receivers this year. I liked a lot of guys late in drafts this year. Um, I wanted to make sure I, I could get them. So, yeah, um, yeah the, uh, I think in terms of strategy, I was happy with how it went this year. I felt like I, I stayed closest to um, what I imagined doing at the beginning of the draft, even though I had to make some modifications and, and make some changes along yeah. the way. Well, I admire your uh, your ability to pull off the the flex play when it comes to reacting to both the economy and to the players that you have when you are drafting. And like you know, if you pick up this guy, then what does that mean for the rest of your budget? And being able to do that on the fly takes a lot of skill. Uh, you had a stellar keeper, sir. Well done. Uh, the uh, my experience in auction drafts this year, tight ends have been just a, a barrage of of fisticuffs because of the uh, high value placed on the top three tight ends. They are 
if not, I mean, they're almost going for over a lot of the starting uh, wide receivers for WR ones. Uh, and that that was true in our league for <laughs> the top uh, tight ends, and so I think you should feel really good because there's an inflated value uh, for your keeper in, in Darren Waller, and I think you probably got anywhere from twenty to thirty dollars of value out of him, which means that you were able to translate that into uh, your maybe your your Christian McCaffrey run was padded by that, uh, if only uh, that player, which meant that you had to be more balanced approach through the rest of the draft. Wait for bargains. Uh, I did rank you fifth in your valuation in terms of your ability to get deals. And uh, you got a great quarterback uh, for cheap (laughs) in in the sense of uh, what players should have gone for. You are weak in your wide core and your defense, which I'm not too worried about that. Um, But you have a strong team across uh, your starters for the most part. And I gave you an A minus on your draft. Oh, thank you. I was going to give myself an A minus as well. So we are we are aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I uh, with my own subjective values, I like the value I got out of the draft the most. But I know that's that's my subjective values. And that's why <laughs> that's why I got the team. That <laughs> well, I of course you did, sir. Yeah. Well, yeah, so. I'm going to be a little bit more uh, self-deprecating this year, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We'll balance each other out. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to to Scott. Scott kept Aaron Jones for thirty nine dollars. Uh, good player. High price to pay for a keeper, but um, I think it's still a good decision there. Mm-hmm. He then drafted Ceh and Miles Daston as his other running backs, and then wide receiver is Allen Robinson, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Ayuk, DJ Chart, and Michael Gallup. Uh, quarterback he has Baker Mayfield, and at tight end he has Adam. Chapman, who I think is not playing to start the year, and then Jared Cook. Yep. Um, so I think the you know obvious hole is that tight end. Right. Um, he also has a Tua at quarterback. Um, uh, so that's you know a quarterback could also be a, a weak position, but we'll we'll see we'll see how Tua does. I think I think Tua will be pretty good this year. So um, I, I think that's a, a viable late round uh, quarterback strategy here, or one dollar quarterback strategy to get Baker. And Tua, I think you should probably find a, a, a quality start from one of them each week. Um, so I think the, the real point is he's not a whole lot tight end, but he does have depth at wide receiver and running back. I don't have any concerns about Scott having a, a quality, you know, second flex to start the start the year. So I think that's that's a great place to be. Um, you know, tight end will be uh, will be hard to, to find a good starter mm-hmm. uh, for him. But uh, if he can do that, then I think this is one of um, one of my favorite teams that Scott has drafted overall. Hmm. What do you think? Um, if you handed me his team, I would be like, all right, okay, I, I can work with this. Um, the uh, I gave him ranked ninth for value. So I think where I struggle is his execution more so than... Uh, anything else he got most of that value out of his keeper because Aaron Jones as a top 10 running back probably would have gone for you know the average of of what our uh, middle back top running backs were the five through ten ranks so I mean put that somewhere in the $50 range maybe up to 60 depending on how much you love Green Bay's running back and uh, so that's where he gets most of his bang for buck but the rest of his picks I don't see 
massive value down the line, even overpaying for, uh, I, I love Jalen Waddell, uh, but he had to kind of fight his way for that bench player. Uh, I like Jamar Chase as well, but I still think he's overpaying in those spots right there. Um, so, and then he, you know, had to, uh, his overpaying, uh, through those middle tier, I, not even middle, those kind of, uh, late round targets meant that his bench just looks kind of like the $1 sadness that I experienced and others uh, did. And so I just think that his execution is what struggles. When you actually look at his team, I, I do uh, think it's good, not great. And for that reason, I give Scott a B. Uh, we're aligned. I gave Scott a B as well. So uh, I think there's another team. We just let to say that solid team. Yep. But kind of like, kind of like choose solid team. That's right. All right. Uh, Chris Windsor kept Antonio Gibson for $4. Uh, then he also took Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams at running back. He has DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, T. Higgins, Will Fuller, and Darnell Mooney at wide receiver. He took Lamar Jackson at quarterback and TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Uh, I, I think Lamar Jackson at quarterback for $12, that was the first time where I was like, whoa, yeah. quarterbacks are not going uh-uh. <laughs> quarterbacks are not going to go for what nope. they should. No. Nope. Um, because I, I think that, that that's a that's a really, really good buy there at Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson for 12. Um, yeah, I, I like I like Chris's team. I think he's got um he's got three uh, good running backs, he's got um four, maybe five really good wide receivers, he's got a good tight end, got a, a top three quarterback. So I think uh, I think it's a really strong team. Yeah. It is a really strong team. And when I look at it, I go, oh, shoot. <laughs> when, do I have, <laughs> when do I have to play him? Uh, and uh, he, uh, you know, looking at, I mean, his picks all the way down the board. He, he got uh, second in value in our league and, and managed to do that with a team who I like most, if not all of his players down, down his line here. Um, J.D. McKissick for two is a great pickup. Uh, I think about him as a, a nice little late round target. And remember that I think he was the the number one uh, running back for targets last year. So he's he's just ripe to break out. That's a really good pickup. He's got Jalen Hurts. He's got A.J. Green. He's got Cam. Like all of these players, Cam Akers, uh, are really, really solid bench. And so I, I really, really uh, think that he did a good job carrying his plan. Now, you know, I wondered how he would do without Christian McCaffrey uh, helming his team for discount. And what he did was he translated that into a, a, a great QB uh, for cheap. Uh, he's still got a, a solid, solid uh, core. He's got a really good wide core. Uh, uh, very, very strong. Um, and his running backs are, are decently strong. I'd put them kind of middle uh, ranking. Uh, but overall... The uh, execution of his draft, I think I gave him a lot of draft chop points. Uh, I think that he was more prepared than I've ever seen him. And for that reason, I gave him an A. Man, we're three in a row. We locked in? Man, I, we are just saying we're professionals, Pete. <laughs> that's, what, I, I, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, we're, just, we're just so good at this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next up is Brian. Uh, Brian Tidd. He tapped Keenan Allen for $12. Um, then he added to his wide receivers with C.D. Lamb, Kenny Dalladay, Tyler Lockett, Marvin Jones, Jay Judy, and even throw Michael Pittman in there as a, as a potential starter as well. Um, 
at uh, running back, he has J.K. Dobbins, Chase Edmonds, and Sonny Michelle, and then Tyler Murray at quarterback, and Mark Andrews at tight end. Um, so uh, to me, this is a night and day for Brian from his draft last year um, to he just totally flipped the switch. He went super wide receiver heavy, uh, which means I really liked his draft this year. I, I, I think he did. I think he did an excellent job of, uh, you know, he took some licks last year. Um, he, he was still competitive. He was still, you know, in, in the playoff hunt all the way to the end. But, uh, you know, I think he, he definitely uh, learned, learned some lessons coming out of his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And I think he's come out with a, a really strong uh, draft here. Uh, I think uh, Mark Andrews is one of my favorite tight end uh, picks. Uh, he's yeah. basically the wide receiver one on the Ravens. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that that's, uh, really strong. And then I like how he went for, you know, running backs who, uh, um, are lower, but have some upside, uh, like, like Chase Edmonds. Uh-huh. Um, and then just, you know, the, the strength up and down the wide receivers, he's, he's going to start five wide receivers yeah, every week with, 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 with no debate. problem. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. He has all the wides that he needs. He's got uh good, good depth too. I, I really like, uh, Russell Gage this year would have really enjoyed having him. Uh, I would have liked Mason Crosby. Um, Obviously, hindsight revision. J.K. Dobbins is a problem for him now, and yeah. uh, uh, he did not. No, he didn't draft Le'Veon Bell, uh, and <laughs> so that's still a problem for him. I don't know what moves he's made since then. I haven't checked. Uh, but the uh, C.D. Lamb pick, uh, Kenny Gall- Galladay. I mean, I I respect the the wide receiver heavy draft. I do think putting all of your uh, eggs in uh, the one strong RB bucket there uh, is dangerous. And I know that's like totally armchair hindsight revision to say, well, what happens if he gets injured and your team sucks? Like, huh, I'm, I'm right. Like, but your, your point that, well, he did get Chase Edmonds. There's potential upside there. Um, but his, his running back uh, core is clearly his weakness. You're always going to favor the, the wide pickup. So I wonder if our grade is finally going to dip. Uh, if we're going to contrast here. I give him a B. I give him an A minus. There you so, go. Yeah. A little, little, little bit different, but yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. On to your team. You kept Deontay Johnson for 11. Then at running back, you have Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, and David Montgomery. Uh, so the wide receiver is Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, and then a little, a, a, bit, a bit drop down drop after all that. the way down. <laughs> you got Brian Edwards, Traquan Smith, Randall Cobb. Um, you got uh, Irv Smith at tight end. That's a tough one, buddy. <laughs> and then uh, quarterback is uh, Trevor Lawrence and Matt Ryan. Uh, so I think I just want yeah, to point out that Irv Smith is not on my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I obviously had to make some, which is a shame. I, I remember you fist pumping when you got. Irv Smith, I know. I was so uh, excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 what you don't get uh virtual sometimes right. uh, there, there was a visible fist bump you were excited about Irv smith and then now who knows if he's gonna play this year right now yeah uh that's that's so i think your, your running backs are, are really strong yeah of course uh, obviously uh derrick henry uh, i think joe mixon's done a lot of volume uh-huh. uh for the cincinnati this year uh, and then david montgomery he definitely finished the season on fire last year so um with Tariq cohen continuing to be injured maybe um he'll be able to uh, keep that up to start the year, but uh, yeah, wide receiver is the is the the big hole uh, of here. Course. Um, yeah, especially with uh, really, you're going to want to uh, start uh, four of them, I think, because you'll, you'll have your set one flex spot filled by running back, 
Um, and then you're gonna have to find someone to fill that other flex spot. So uh, I don't know. You might you might be starting four running backs and uh, starting three wide receivers. So uh, a little bit of a mystery there. Um, yeah, I don't think, um, I, and I don't think I would have paid 64 for Derrick Henry and 53 for Joe Mixon. I think that that hamstrung you a little bit later on in the draft um, with, with what you're wanting to do. Um, so I, I don't love the values there. Um, and so I think, you know, it kind of makes sense the, the, the way things played out, but, um, yeah, just some, definitely some holes, at, uh, wide receiver and now tight end with, with Irv Smith out. So uh, how did you feel coming out of it? Oh, terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> let's be really clear. Uh, I gave, uh, my, my value rank is 10th out of the league. Uh, so no bones there. Um, I, uh, I love Deontay Johnson this year. I absolutely love it. He's a great keeper for me. I'm excited about that. I, I like Derrick Henry. Uh, it, my game plan was if I don't get Christian McCaffrey, then I'm going to go big on uh, probably two, if not three running backs, and then kind of carry my plan down through the, the rest of the draft. Um, this is a lesson, friends, on why you cannot make mistakes because one mistake in your draft will literally – railroad you into a, a a challenging position and that's exactly what happened to me and that happened with david montgomery for 33 dollars who notab- <laughs> notably is not a bad running back for 33 dollars like i mean maybe a little over price probably like a 30 dollar uh, uh player but like i don't i'm not upset that he's on my team but right, I had, but I had right. no intention to draft him. I was in a a, a bidding war, uh, strictly to price enforce, and I I did not pay attention to who I was price enforcing, and I price enforced right outside. I think it was Jared, right or Fleming, right outside of his maximum bid, and I went bloop and oh. went oh <laughs> crap, and I saw it happen as soon as I bid, and I went oh crap. And that was that. He couldn't. He couldn't bid back up on him. He was desperate. He needed a running back at that oh, time. Yeah. So I was really pushing on the desperation factor. And I'm like, up it, up it, up it. It was working. Like that's that's my mo. And yet I just slipped right by his maximum bid, and I got stuck with him. And that was pick five for me. And that absolutely, like you can see the drop off in my yeah. in my uh, purchases. My next purchases were one dollar, two dollars, six dollars, two dollars, two dollars, and the rest were one dollar. I was yep. toast. I was absolutely yep. toast. I lost all of my bid enforcement skill. I lost like poker face was now irrelevant. I <laughs> I lost uh, my ability to go for my two dollar bench across the budget. I lost my ability to make up for a tight end situation. I lost my ability to get uh, all of my targets in the middle tier. Like it completely wrecked my draft. My entire strategy was gone, and now I was just a fly on the wall waiting for the bargage men to <laughs> be uh, available at the end of the draft, which is why I am thankful that somebody like Boston Scott uh, is even on my roster because I'm like, that's one out of seven that I was kind of hoping to get. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. So yeah. you can't yeah. make mistakes like that uh, because it absolutely destroys your ability to control the draft. And I pride myself on my ability to control the draft. And uh, in this moment, this is what happens. You make a mistake, you pay for it. So now I I am sitting with what I've ranked as the 12th place team. And I gave myself a C 
only because uh, the and, and I get that's the lowest uh, grade of the draft in my draft rankings. Only because my running backs are still formidable, and that's the only reason why I didn't give myself an F. <laughs> so there you go. Yep, I uh, we're aligned again. I give you a C as well. I I, I think maybe a little bit tough on yourself, but. Yeah, like you said, David Montgomery, 33, not a terrible pick. Yeah. But for where you were in the draft, yeah. I, yeah, you, it's you an execution problem. See, you can definitely see how that, that totally took you out of the game yeah. for a while. It, it took me completely out. I was like, well, yeah. anybody need anything? Can I get, can I get some pretzels? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> All right, moving on to to, uh, to Charles. Did you know uh, that that kept, had happened? Did you know that there was a uh, I I I, uh, I wasn't a, watching a your max uh, bid your, situation. No, yeah. I wasn't watching the max bid, and then even after you made that pitch, I wasn't really paying attention to like how much how many dollars you had remaining. Yeah. Um, so I, I I wasn't picking up on where that put you during the draft. So that's a a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can feel your pain. I, I did that once with uh, with Trent Richardson. Yeah. Same same thing. So, so, <laughs> like like it's so clear. Like I'm I'm looking at my price spent expenses rundown from pick one to pick seventeen and pick five thirty three pick six one pick seven two. Yeah. Pick, I mean, it's just such yeah. a clear drop off point. Like, yep, that's where I lost control. There's the mistake right mm-hmm. there. It's in my tilt chart right there. <laughs> All right, enough about me. Who's next? <laughs> All right. Charles kept Justin Jefferson for $3 and then he just was spinning right out of the yeah, gate. He took Dalvin, Dalvin Cook and Alvin he's, been, he's been watching too much billions. He's just like, I'm, I'm rich, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, had, he had somewhere to go. I'm pretty sure he was trying to get to something as quickly as possible because he just he spent $146 with uh, after three players were off the board. Uh-huh. Um, he, yeah, so he said Cook and Tamara's number two, number three uh, selections of the overall draft. Uh, they took Patrick Mahomes for 20. Uh, the rest of his wide receivers, he's got Michael Thomas, who uh, is out for the first five, six weeks, seven. I think. I think comes back week seven. And they, okay. And he's got Antonio Brown, um, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Jalen Rader, uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, at tight end, he has Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry. Um, so, uh, this is an interesting draft for Charles, a similar feel to how he drafted last year yeah. where he spent really big at running back. I think last year it was, uh, Kirk and Zeke. Uh, I think, uh, he spent big at quarterback last year with Lamar Jackson, uh, this year's Mahomes. Um, and then he's got Justin Jefferson. So, um, this year, I don't think it's going to work out for him as well as it did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's my, my gut feeling where last year he had guys, even those wide receivers I thought were weak coming in the draft last year. He did have guys with upside like Justin Jefferson, like Robbie Anderson. Um, this year, I like Jefferson still. I like Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. but I don't see the upside coming from some of these other guys, mm-hmm. um, both at tight end and you know at wide receiver three and at flex one, flex two. Um so I just I don't like this year's draft as much for Charles, even though overall uh, I think he got good value. Like he, he got around you know about two hundred dollars worth of value out of the draft. I just don't. Yeah, he's middle ranked. Uh, he, he's lot, almost as close to average. Uh, he's at point oh six under, so six cents under on the dollar. So that puts him. Yeah, right there, there, there's just 
there's just some something about it coming out of the draft. I think he won't have a, a really solid team up and down the lineup. Uh, I think later in the year he'll get better as he adds players off waivers and, and that sort of thing. But just coming out coming out of the draft, uh, I don't love the way the team is constructed. Uh, I do not either. Um, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara uh, is, I think, a little overpriced at seventy. Um, I think he made up for that, and and Patrick Mahomes at twenty, who is you know definitely undervalued there. It's where he got most of his value out of his entire draft was in Patrick Mahomes. Um, the I do love Antonio Brown this year, and for six bucks, that's a great pick. Uh, other than that, I don't see. I mean, in Michael Thomas, I would stash uh, the way he did uh, since we yep. have a, an IR slot. That's 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 yep. fine, and I think there was some competition to do that. So I think that's why he went for eight instead of maybe five or six like he should have. But the uh, I don't see, I mean, Charles just came out swinging and just tanked his, his budget right off. And what he swung hard on, I just don't see the full upside on. I don't trust Alvin Kamara at $70. Like the New Orleans offense has changed and uh, their, their, uh, their running game looks a lot different as Drew Brees has gotten older and they have shifted around how they play the option. So uh, I don't love his team. Um, I think he has the bones to convert it into something that he needs, but I don't see this. uh, I mean, for example, one injury, and I think he's in last place. (laughs) That's it. So uh, for that reason, I, uh, I, well, I'll say this too. He, he drafts, uh, consistently, and he's very, very fun. So his draft chops, <laughs> his draft chops are always high. I'm not, I don't mean to disrespect his game. I, I think he did exactly what he meant to do, and I just don't like the makeup of his team uh, where it came off. So I gave him a B minus for those reasons. So uh, even though I don't like the makeup of his team, I think one way you offset holes in your lineup is by having massive upside in the others. So having Cook and Kamara, you could have just two and major heavyweights. In Mahomes, just those three guys with Justin Jefferson, they could they could carry an entire team, um, you know, week to week. So um, I, I am also giving him a B minus, um, even though it's like I don't have a great feeling about it. Um, I, I do recognize that there is major upside right. uh, here, and hey, if you got holes in your lineup, there's opportunities to uh, to find some guys to fill it, right? So, um, all right, moving on to Jared, who kept Josh Allen at my quarterback uh, for one dollar. And then he uh, his first immediately pick was used all of that value. <laughs> <laughs> his first pick was Travis Kelsey at tight end. Um, his running backs, he got Saquon Barkley and then jumped all the way down to you know, Zach Moss, Gus Edwards, uh, James White, those kinds of guys. At wide receiver, he has AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Parker. And yeah, uh, that fills out his team. So um, I think this is a really solid team for Jared uh, up and down the board. Uh, you know, he's got one of the top two quarterbacks. He's got the top tight end. Uh, he's got, you know, five solid wide receivers and, um, you know, that second running back spot was the, the question mark, but, uh, that's been since resolved with JK Dobbins getting hurt and him having Gus Edwards. So, uh, I, I really like this draft from Jared. This is, um, really a, a great way to draft. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, it really, he he picked up some good starters, uh, and the you know in power ranking starters are always going to be uh, heavily weighed by your 
you know, what we call firepower, your, your, your depth and your, uh, your strength of rank in those starting positions. He does have a pretty severe drop-off in between his column five starters and then the rest. I mean, he's got Cooper Cup uh, there who would be his uh, uh, kind of mid-tier, or, or I guess it's kind of back of the first tier of the wides. Um, but then it's pretty significant down into tier three for the rest of his players. So, uh, but his starting power is so strong that this, this really, you can't call this studs and duds. It's really studs and a well-executed draft, I think. Uh, so wait, well done, sir. Um, I don't, I don't love Saquon Barkley as much as many, but it's kind of a value running back. You're, you're getting one of those top running backs, but for a significantly, uh, less cost uh, than uh, the top five. Uh, and if you violate my rule of don't draft giants, uh, then, and you're okay with that, then I think you will do well. So I don't love, I'm sorry, I don't love Saquon Barkley for those reasons, but at the end of the day, he is good and worthy. And he translated, Jared translated this into a really strong draft. Uh, I could say more. I, I look at his, uh, uh, Final picks as well, and he had money going in. He got who he wanted uh, all the way through the draft. So uh, lots of draft chops going on there, and for those reasons, I give Jared the A+. Plus. I gave him an A+. Plus Holy well. Man, crap. We, we, we have just been locked in. It's like two picks we've disagreed on. <laughs> um, all right, that's, uh, that's impressive. Good, good for us, but yeah. uh, good for Jared, yep. defending champ of the league. <laughs> we're, we're making this about us. Yeah, why, why wouldn't we? <laughs> Come back strong. So all far, right, so far, uh, this podcast episode is an A plus. Am I right? I don't disagree with you. Bob. <laughs> all right, uh, Derek uh, kept James Robinson, and then His he also took James De- James Robinson. I don't know what you're doing. Same. And then he took uh, DeAndre Swift and Najee Harris at running back. And then wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, Odell Beckham, Cole Beasley, and Mike Williams. He has Noah Fant at tight end and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So I think you know really strong um, running back situation for Derek. Uh, I really like Najee Harris. Um, and I really, like, I really like Calvin Ridley. Derek definitely had to spend for them. He spent 50 on Harris and 53 on Ridley, which is higher than I would have paid for both players, uh, obviously, since I didn't take them and he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, I think overall, uh, good team. I think uh, it's maybe wide receiver three is where he started some question marks, flex two uh, kind of in, in there. But um, I, I think there's players here that are, are worthy of starting in those positions. Yeah. So um, I, I don't have any any issue with it. And, you know, there's only so many top six tight ends to go around. So mm-hmm. no fan is, is, is a fine pick um, at tight end, uh, obviously not gonna um, compete week to week with the Kelsey Tittle Waller group. Um, but I, you know, I think Fant is, is right behind the mm-hmm. Andrews Hawkinson Logan Thomas group yep. um, That's right. in, in my book. So um, yeah, I think that uh, a good pick there and I like this draft. I do too. Um, I it's not my style uh, anymore. He this is probably I think the most balanced draft of the league this year, um, and he did a good job. And uh, you can see the uh, based on positional ranking and what he's got. Like he's he's not overly strong in uh, any particular spot. Uh, you know, ranking wise, positionally, of course, 
defense, <laughs> but the uh, the overall um, uh, makeup of his team is a really well executed balanced draft. He got uh, eighth for value, but it, uh, it's such a tight race in value that it's he, he wasn't really overpaying for any particular player. It kind of fit in with our uh, economy pretty well. So overall, because even though I don't love the the balanced draft aspect of it, I do like his team a lot. And I like I love his execution, his ability to pull off uh, his plan. So I give him an A minus. All right, we're we're different here. I'm gonna give him a B minus because um, I, I really like Calvin and Lee. I really like Najee Harris, but other than that, I don't see the upside here. Like I I just don't I don't I don't like Swift as much as some people. I like Swift. Um, yeah, that's do and. I, and I don't really like James Robinson as much this year because they've got Carlos Hyde there. So, um, yeah, I think um, I, I like the draft, but I think there's a couple of players that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, so I, I think the upside is limited there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have a mobile quarterback. He's got you know, a pocket passer quarterback. So uh, I'm going with uh, B minus. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to uh, Jared Fleming. So um, he kept DK Metcalf uh, this year. Then. Uh, he also has Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, Chase Claypool, Robbie Anderson, Levisa Chenault at wide receiver. At running back, he's got Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt. He went with Mike Desecki and Tyler Hidby at tight end, and his quarterback is Tom Brady. So this is another second-year player in the league who just slammed wide receivers during the draft. <laughs> both, uh, both Jared Fleming and Brian Kidd, I would say, uh, have more quality wide receivers than anyone else. I That's think right. they, they both run about six deep on wide receiver, uh, which is, which I think is fantastic. And I, I love to see their, their progression in terms of how they drafted last year to how they drafted this year. Yeah. What do you think about his team? Uh, well, I'll say this about his draft. Uh, I think Jared Fleming might be the most uh, st- statistically prepared individual going into this draft. Uh, he knows players, he knows teams, he knows tiers, and uh, I mean, he knows coaches. He, know, he knows he knows what he's doing when it comes to understanding the makeup of fantasy football. Like he's he'd be the the perfect podcaster uh, and or the the commentator because of just his depth of knowledge going into all these things and his ability to critique uh, different things. So draft chops way the heck up. Uh, the uh, wide receiver heavy. Um, this was where, you know, we say the, the needle was kind of pointing RB. These guys helped balance it out because of their, uh, evaluation for some of these players. He, I love his keeper. Um, that was a great move. And he translated that into a, a strong, uh, depth across his wide position. And I, I like all of his wides. Like I, I'd be happy with any of them uh, uh, as starters anyway, up top. He also had money left over and, and used that to get who he wanted uh, in the, the late rounds, including I like, I like Tyler Higby this year. I think that's a good pickup. Um, and uh, Melvin Gordon, I think is a really good pickup this year. Uh, so uh, all that to say, uh, stylistically again, probably not the team that I would have drafted, but he executed it really, really well. Um, and I, uh, respect his game. I gave him an A minus. I'm fawning over his wide receivers. I think this is probably my favorite wide receiver group, um, in the lead. You know, I think, I think Terry Kill is the number one wide receiver this year, yeah. um, o- overall. And then, uh, I think people are too low on Amari, 
uh, Cooper and too high on CD Lamb and uh, DK Metcalf is just a total stud. So um, I like I could I have question marks about his running back, uh, quarterback, and tight end picks, but I, I really like the wide receivers. I'm gonna a B plus. Nice. All right, Michael kept. Oh, Michael didn't keep anyone. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunately, Michael Jeez. was not able to complete the NFL mm. NFL combine mm. drills before the draft, so had to uh, eliminate his keeper, uh, which was sad for everyone. Uh, we wanted to see the video of the NFL combine drills, right. and Michael wanted to have a keeper, but um, such is life. It didn't happen. So rules are rules. Had to had to stick to it. Um, he took Zeke and Chris Carson at running back as his first two picks. And then he also took Devontae Adams, Mike Evans at wide receiver, and then big drop at wide receiver all the way down to some $1 guys, Nelson mm-hmm. Aguilar, Simon Watkins, uh, Marquez Valdez-Stantling, Amanda Sanders, uh, trying to find one or two guys that could start from, from that group. Uh, quarterback is Justin Herbert, and tight end is Rob Gronkowski and Zach Ertz, um, which would have been a really what good tight this? end group. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, Wait, what man, season is this? <laughs> seven years ago, Gronk and Ertz, geez, just crushing it at tight end. But uh, yeah, I don't really like either of them this year. So yeah. um, what, uh, what What do you think here? Uh, I, I like Justin Herbert. Uh, I think that was probably a, a good pickup for $8. Um, I mean, he... Fitz has a, a studs and duds run here. It really is. The problem is I don't like his studs. So mm. uh, the um, uh, you can argue upside to any of his top four up there uh, and, or top five, really. Uh, but this is a, a challenging draft for me because I, I think that he... Um, as I'm saying that, I'm looking at who he picked up in the late rounds and... Like I would be happy with them for a dollar or two, like uh, Rashad Penny. Um, well, maybe just him. Never mind. So <laughs> all that to say, uh, I don't love his draft. Uh, he's got some potential trade value, and he could turn this into a strong team, but he's going to have to be willing to compromise somewhere on one of his starting running backs or starting wides. And for that reason, I think he has too many holes to fill. He's going to see big points on very few positions, and he's going to struggle to cap each week is what I think. I gave him a C plus. I gave him a C. I, I, I agree with all your points. I think, um, I think probably too many holes to fill without the upside that we've seen from other teams. Where we say, Hey, they got some holes here, but they have the upside. I don't think he has that same upside. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to see. All right. Uh, last but not least, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, sorry. Oh, sorry. We're going to talk about, Brock? talk about Brock's team, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he kept, he kept <laughs> stuff on dates for uh, $7. And uh, his other wide receivers, he took Devonta Smith, Debo Sam, Yule, Jarvis Landry, Cortland Sutton. At running back, he has Josh Jacobs and Daryl Henderson. Uh, he's got Russell Wilson at quarterback. And George Kittle at tight end. Um, he also uh, running backs. He also has Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert. Um, and yeah, so uh, I, I say we're talking about the 49ers because Brock just kept pounding 49ers um, in the draft with Kittle, Debo Samuel, Trey Sermon, Raheem Mostert. I'm pretty sure he's trying to get uh, Brandon Ayuk at one point as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, the only surprise here is that he didn't also take Trey Lance. He didn't also, um, 
didn't also take the 49ers picture. Uh, so uh, that, that was the only surprise here. But what do you think about this draft overall? Um, I mean, you know, Brock's, you know, we mean different things when we say algorithm. Brock means strength the playoff schedule and uh, he, 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 he put he put all of his chips on on red <laughs> is what he did yeah. <laughs> red 49 please and uh, that was clear so uh, the uh, you know I I don't dislike his play in fact I gave him rank number one for value in terms of executing who he got I like George Kittle um, I do like Josh Jacobs. Uh, I, uh, I think he, he, I'll say this, Brock did exactly what he meant to do. And he is really, really good at pulling off what he wants to pull off. And we give him crap about it. I feel like every year, every year. And yet every year he's chomping away, uh, to victory. So uh, I guess I can't really condemn him <laughs> despite wanting to. So uh, looking at his team and looking at his uh, his power rankings, especially, um, I do think he's got a, a decent stack. It's not great, um, uh, but it's good, and he got a lot of value, so I gave him a B. I think one thing that Brock really likes to do is hold a big bag of money for a long time and then towards the end of the draft basically get to pick and choose who he wants because he 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 has the the biggest stick left Mm -hmm. and i think one of the macro things i talked about earlier of the dollars weren't spent as highly early in the draft as they should have been Mm -hmm. affected brock's ability to get exactly the team that he wanted where there were a lot of people holding a lot of money towards the end of the draft and so he did end up having to be in more fights for players than right. I think he probably expected to. Um, like Debo Samuel for 19, Portland Sutton for 17, um, even Raheem Mostert for 13. I think those are the types of players he would want to pick late in the draft, but mm-hmm. for much, much less. And so uh, I think the one regret for Brock here would be that he didn't get another like stud stud early on. Um, so I think, and so between the lack of an additional stud after Diggs, who is an awesome player, um, the lack of the additional stud after Diggs, and then the amount of 49ers that he has, I do think the upside has to be capped to some degree here. Um, so I'm going to give him a B minus. All right. You know, and one thing I'll say about it too, he to kind of back up your point, I think Brock had the greatest degree of desperation for both running back and wide for the majority of the draft. Uh, I was watching that and went, well, that's kind of normal at this point for Brock. If he didn't keep Michael Thomas (laughs) and what that has uh, enabled him to do with so much value is not worry about it so much. And I think this might be one of the years that we're seeing, okay, uh, if you don't have that really cheap stud in your your top slot, then it's hard to run this play and come away with as powerful of a team. Yep. Yep. I think that makes sense. So overall, we have given out all our grades. You gave out six A's, you gave out four B's, and you gave out two C's yep. um, in that range. I gave out five, no, four A's, 
six Bs and two Cs. So we're, we're very aligned on, on a lot of the grades um, this year. Um, uh, I think my grading is being a little bit more balanced. Yours more top heavy, but um, all, all in all, I think we're, we're pretty aligned and, you know, there's no Ds, there's no Fs no. Um, here. Uh, no, no, uh, very few major mistakes in the draft um, made. So I think overall, uh, we, everyone should feel uh, really pretty good about their draft head into the season. Everyone definitely has a chance. Uh, I think even the drafts that we don't like very much, um, it's because they've got holes that need to be filled and those holes can be filled with surprise players uh, off mm-hmm. wherever even mm-hmm. after week one, we'll see what's what. And yeah. um, there definitely be good players to grab to have for the rest of the season. So uh, the season can shift very quickly here after week one. And uh, after all, what do we know? Um, so, yep. After other, all, what uh, do we know? <laughs> at, the end, <laughs> at the end of the day, what do we know? <laughs> We don't know what we're doing, <laughs> and yet we remain the greatest fantasy football league in the world. And this is this podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.